The Shep Nas Podcast begins now. You're listening to The Shep Nas Podcast, podcast at Shepherd Church. Everything that we do here is to help people take their next step towards Jesus. And this podcast is one of those things. We want you to engage daily in your walk with Jesus. And hopefully you're listening and you're diving into scripture each and every day with us. Today, I've got Pastor Rob Paul here with us, and he's going to dive into the sermon that he preached this past week. Um, This will be a two-part series today and tomorrow. And it's to the church in Sardis. We're in the book of Revelation. Look at the seven churches uh, that John kind of shares with us, what Jesus is saying to these churches. And so today we're starting in Revelation chapter three, the letter to the Sardis. And this is what it says. It says, write to the angel of the church in Sardis. Thus says the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Be alert and strengthen what remains, which is about to die, for I have not found your works complete before my God. Remember then that you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you are not alert, I will come like a thief, and you will have no idea what hour I will come upon you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not defiled their clothes, and they walk with me in white because they are worthy. In the same way, the one who conquers will be dressed in white clothes, And I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels. Let anyone who has ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Pastor Rob, welcome back to the podcast. What's up, man? Not not much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm just, you know, bored, not sure what to do. (laughs) There's nothing going on. No. So (laughs) thought we'd sit down and yeah talk to everybody. I do love this time though. I love talking about the message and sharing it with people. So yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting things in this passage of scripture. One of the things that is most interesting is that the people from Sardis were called Sardinians. Oh yeah? Close to sardines. (laughs) They are packed in really tight, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know that that's why, but (laughs) no, but okay. Yeah. I just read it and thought, oh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) So let's talk about it. Um, It's a this is, am I right in saying that this was the first time that really one of these churches didn't have, Jesus didn't have a lot of good, anything good to say about them? It's the second time. The, the second the, time. The second church, yeah. The second church that Jesus visited uh, also in Smyrna. Um, he, right. He didn't have a lot. Well, he did. There was one of the other churches he didn't have a lot to yeah. say. This one he has nothing good yeah. to say. Like he just like skips on like, hey, this is Jesus. I know I know you, and I have lots of concerns. And it's not good. <laughs> no. Yeah, so he skips right over all that. So so typically the the outline kind of for each of these letters is Jesus identifies himself, and his identification of himself has something to do with the message he's going to deliver. Mm-hmm. Then he commends them for something, uh, and, and after spending time in the church, he commends them for the things they're doing well. And then after that, he's like, but I have, I have this concern. Yeah. And then he gives a call to action, like, here's how you can fix that. And with this particular church, there was just no no commendation. It yeah. was just like you know we're gonna we're gonna go right to the problems that we have, and 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 so to jump in, Jesus is talking. He says to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. So he's identifying himself as um, the 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 person. It's Jesus, obviously. Right. He refers back to Revelation chapter one, where he talks about holding the seven stars and the seven spirits. And I mm-hmm. thought it was really interesting. He says, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God. Like I've never really heard uh, anywhere else specifically 
or that I recalled these seven spirits, mm-hmm. but actually um, it's what it is, is it's the, the functions that the Holy Spirit plays in Jesus's life. And it harkens back to Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And if you remember Isaiah in Isaiah 53, he, you know, he kind of gave a prophetic word about Jesus coming mm-hmm. and what he would, his life would be like. He also does that in, in Isaiah chapter 11, he says, um, talking about Jesus, you know, he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, of counsel, and of power, the spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Um, and so when, when Jesus identifies himself as the one who has the seven spirits, who holds the seven spirits, he's referring back to Isaiah, where, where Isaiah says, these are the functions or the roles that the Holy Spirit will play in mm-hmm. Jesus' life. And really quick, just let me remind you of them, and that is that it's the spirit of the Lord is the first one. Second is the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, uh, and it's C-O-U-N-S-E-L, like mm-hmm. counseling, like giving advice kind of yeah. deal. Spirit of power or strength, and then a spirit of knowledge, and then the spirit of the of the fear of the Lord, or and, and when it talks about the fear of the Lord, it doesn't mean to be afraid of him. It's a it's the highest level of respect right. that you could get. Um, and so those are the those are the roles that the Holy Spirit plays in Jesus' life. And the good news about that is that if the Holy Spirit played those roles in Jesus' life, he would do those things for, for us as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a really cool thing. And then he talks about the seven stars, uh, who are the messengers, and re- referring back to the to the churches. But here's what I think is really interesting in that, and that G- this is just a reminder to the church in Sardis and to everyone who reads this that Jesus is the one who possesses the church, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I think he sometimes, yeah, sometimes in, in, in our prayers, we're like, Jesus, we need you to come and show up and be here. And I, and I pray those things like, Lord, we want your presence, whatever. But Jesus is like, uh, I have you in my hand. Like, yeah. I already hold you. I have you. Um, you don't need to invite me to visit and show up. Mm-hmm. I actually have you in my hand. You know, mm-hmm. like, we want Jesus, why don't you come? But he's like, no, I've got you. So we kind of get it backed around a little bit but it's just a reminder also that jesus sovereignly works in the church through his holy spirit and then through the leaders because he has the seven stars in his hands as well so yeah it's this great introduction and it always goes back to the to the image that john had the revelation that that john had in chapter one all of these things have referred back to that and it's just so cool how scripture continues to complement you know, it's like, it's it's almost as if when Jesus had this written, there was a plan. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't like shooting from the hip. He had thought this through, and mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. Coming November 4th is a fall movie night. Bring the whole family for bonfires with hot dogs, s'mores, hayrides, and an outdoor family-friendly movie. Don't forget your blankets or lawn chairs. Invite your friends and neighbors to join us. That's November the 4th at 4 p.m. outside at our Gahanna campus. You can find out about all our upcoming events at shepnaz.org slash calendar. So, yeah. So, the other thing we talk about is is the cities. And Sardis was one of the cities. It's the fourth city on the circuit. Um, and if you were kind of taking a map, it's like a half circle kind of deal. We're halfway around the circle. And... Um, the city of Sardis is interesting because the city is a lot like the church. And the city was um, one of the greatest examples in the Bible of, of, of a city that had a great past, was incredible, uh, and, but is presently just experiencing decay. Mm. Um, and so, so really about 700 years before John received this revelation and wrote the letter, Sardis was one of the greatest cities in the world. Um, I mean, that's what the history books say. 
Um, it was an incredible city. It was built on top of a mountain that was 1,500 feet above the plain, and three sides of the mountain were sheer cliffs that were rock. And, and so they literally only had to defend themselves on one one side mm-hmm. because the other three sides, there was no way that an enemy could scale the cliff. It was like, like if you think about what's that big mountain uh, over in Yellowstone, um, uh, El Capitan, mm-hmm. is like that. I mean, it's just a sheer rock cliff. Straight up. Straight up, all mm-hmm. three sides. And I showed a picture of it on Sunday, but it's really cool. So so the problem was there wasn't a lot of a lot of place for it to, the city to be, and people wanted to live there. So it, it filled up the top of the mountain, and then it kind of sprawled down into the, to the bottom part as well. But it was a it was a very rich place. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a great city. Uh, it was very secure. Um, they had uh, the opportunity. One of the things says that you know it was like like gold flowed in the rivers there, um, mm-hmm. and it was also the first place that gold and silver coins were ever minted. Um, they just they had everything. They they didn't have anything to worry about. They were protected. They had everything they ever needed. And when that happens to us, sometimes what happens is we let our walls down. We don't. We don't. We become apathetic and lazy and lethargic, and that's exactly what happened to them. And some, uh, uh, it was King Cyrus, I believe, who had an army to invade them. And the way they invaded them was they found out that the rock walls were not sheer stone; they were something called it was called friable mm-hmm. uh, or friable. I'm not sure exactly how to say that, but what it means is that the rock easily crumbled. And because the rock easily crumbled, there were lots of cracks in it. And with the cracks, uh, somebody who was really agile could literally climb up. And so one evening, Cyrus sent a bunch of people to climb up the wall. When they got to the top of the wall, they found that all the soldiers were gone. They were not on their lookouts. Their 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 uh, weapons were abandoned, and they took the city because they were they were they thought they were secure. Mm. They weren't paying attention. They weren't looking. They weren't watching out for their enemy, and they got um, they got taken over. And this is important to remember because Jesus likens the church in Sardis to the city of Sardis. Right. Um, and so when we talk about the church, there's not a lot in the scripture about the church except for what you maybe see here. We're just probably pretty sure that it was founded by Paul's work, you know, in Acts chapter 19, which all these other churches kind of came out of that that work that he had there in Ephesus. But again, when Jesus comes to this church, there were, there were no words of encouragement at all. Mm. Like he just like, moves right on. And, and it's interesting that a lot of the, the guys I was reading and studying about said that, that, that it's important to kind of note that, that Jesus doesn't speak of any persecution that's going on here, that Jesus doesn't speak of any oppression that's going on here, um, yet he's going to say that the church is dead. And it's interesting that these other churches that were experiencing persecution and, and oppression were alive and fighting, but here there was no persecution, there was no no oppression. And one guy said, well, you know, why, why would they, why would the enemy mess with them if there's nothing happening? Like, you know, the, the, the impress, the impression is that the church was not aggressive. Uh, there was no persecution because there was no invasion of the enemy's territory. Mm -hmm. No friction means no motion. And one guy said that the Unsaved people in Sardis saw the church as a respectable, respectable group of people who are neither dangerous nor desirable. Oh. They were decent people with a dying witness and a decaying ministry. I mean, that's like, you know, and so he says, like, why would Satan waste time persecuting this church? Mm-hmm. They're already ineffective. Um, and so when Jesus comes to them, he's like, you know, I, you're not even doing anything for me to criticize. 
So it's really kind of kind of crazy. So I think that for for us, I know we got to wrap this up. I, one of the things I think that I pray for our church is that um, we would at least be on the enemy's radar, right? I mean, <laughs> we want to. It's like I don't want persecution or oppression right. or any of that not, kind of stuff. We're not looking for it, but, but I hope that our church is busy doing things that affect in uh, the kingdom of darkness, and that He has us on His radar mm-hmm. because we're stealing people from Him. We're seeing people come to know Jesus. Uh, I would love it if our church was described as a dangerous church to the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and while there's lots of good things that we're doing, there's there's lots of room for us to improve and to continue to get better. And as we wrap this one up today, I think the one thing that is important to remember is this, and that is that the church is made up of people. So when Jesus makes a judgment about the church, it's really making this judgment about a group of people who have mm-hmm. called themselves that church. And for us as a church, I hope that the Lord would say, "You're," you know, the, that the enemy would say, "You're a dangerous church," um, because we're going into the, where the darkness is, and we're bringing the light, and we're snatching people out mm-hmm. and helping them come to know Jesus. And so that's that's one of my my goals and my prayers. And I pray that for each of you who are listening that that you would be a dangerous dangerous Christian to the to the kingdom of darkness, that we would make a difference, that we would shine mm-hmm. light in the dark place. And I think it was Jude who said, snatch people from the fire. Yeah. It's a sweet uh, image. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's, we're going to wrap up the, the episode today. This is just part one. We're going to catch part two. And and the truth is there, there actually is a little bit of hope yeah, in the next piece of this story. So we're gonna get, we're gonna dive in tomorrow. So make sure you tune back in for that. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast or anything going on, you can get a hold of us podcast at shepnaz.org. You can always find out what else is happening at Shepherd through our website, um, social media pages, and our app. For Pastor Rob, I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gahanna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.